there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination. Welcome to the Crossrip. Apologies on this one being a little bit late. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't know that something that we talked about in here would be embargoed until this episode just went up. So uh, that's why you are hearing this a little bit later on Monday than you usually do. But we have good stuff coming up. We're going to talk a lot about virtual reality. We're going to talk about uh, the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards. We're also going to discuss the physical prowess of some of the Ghostbusters. Which one of them do you think benches the most? Still playing with toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. Stop free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! I have to do the Dick Van Dyke uh, thing. Tripping over an ottoman? <laughs> Speaking with a bad cockney. <laughs> Hello, Gov. Yeah. Must be muscles. A terrible British accent. Hello, Mary Poppins. <laughs> Must be Mary Look Poppins is cooking. <laughs> Look at me deadlift this. <laughs> Everybody um, listening in the UK and our Welsh Ghostbusters are like, oh God, guys. One star. God, blimey, my rotator cuff is killing me. <laughs> um. So sorry, what, you, you have to do the Dick Van Dyke thing. He, uh, do you remember last year a video came out of him dancing through his house? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and the dude's 80... 92 something? or something. Like, oh it's insane. Unbelievable. Um, he's got a, his book came out, and I think that might have been part of it. And what it came down to is he, he was interviewed somewhere. I think it, it actually may have been Gilbert Godfrey's uh, podcast. And he was saying... Um, because uh, I think the title of it is Just Keep Moving. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of this mental thing, too. But he said it's inc- physical, too. Like The whole idea of, of you know sustaining yourself into old age is don't stop. Right. It's like, yes, it's going right. to suck and it's going to hurt. But if you stop, that's when it all goes downhill on you. Yeah, I do. I remember you know, that. Yeah. So, and, it, and, it, and to be honest, frankly, all the anecdotal evidence is kind of behind him on that, too. Because... You hear all these people that like he worked. He worked until he was sixty-five, and then he retired, killed over dead. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. As long as you're doing something, you're fine, and then you're stopped, and it just all goes away. So his whole thing was is like he'd been a dancer since he was like trained as a dancer, like from twenty onwards. Yeah. So one of the first lessons he learned was is you're gonna have to move through pain. Yeah, like from too many it. performances, or you twisted something, or whatever. It's like you got to work through it. Just keep moving, and you'll get through it. And he apparently he said he just kind of embraced that moving forward. And so now you got this ninety-year-old guy dancing through his bloody house with a bunch of millennials, and I'm like, well, you know, oh, I can't know fault him. That. Yeah, I, I I listened to that one. I remember that because he talked about how he had. So much, he was riddled with arthritis to the point where he could not move anymore. And he went to a doctor, and the doctor said, You're never going to dance again. You're barely going to be able to walk again. And that's when he yeah. was like, You know what? Well, I'm going to put my head down and, and fight through it. And sure enough, he's still able to, to move and dance, and he plays through the pain, so to speak. Uh, which, yeah. God, I, I, uh, I hope to be able to walk when I hit 80 yeah. something, 90 something. And there's the thing, right? Like you gotta, and it's long been my contention, not to be morbid or anything like that, but it's always been my contention. I prefer to like, you remain upright for as long as possible. <laughs> um, 
So given given my age and my you know I work at a I've been a game developer for twenty years. All I've done is sat at a desk, right? So yeah, leaning into a monitor and yeah, uh, bad yeah. posture. The only thing that's you know sustained me over the years is I've I've been semi addicted to like stretches and all that sort of thing, which it turns out they want you to do anyway. So I'm sure. like, oh good, this is why I'm not crippled. Hooray! But I was getting old and soft and all that. And, so I started going to the gym. I've been going for a few months now. So hooray me. But uh, man, just even the change, like it's not even like a weight change or anything like that. Like we haven't even got anything like that. The guy so far has been all like uh, strength. Yeah. We're not going to be able to do anything else until you can just kind of, you know, get your, until you can tighten, tighten up everything. And uh, yeah, huge change. Like Thomas, who refuses to go to bed lately so his new gambit is i'm gonna sleep here on the floor but i'm not tired right now. five minutes later he's passing up to sleep so i noticed a big difference like picking him up i'm yeah, like oh, sack of you're, potatoes you're, you're light now kid you used, yeah. to, you used to be heavy what happened <laughs> so that's, so that's uh, why i'm sore i was at the gym okay. today and it was all weight Blah. well you know it's again it's it's a good sore you're you're playing through it and uh, well, yeah. Welcome to Chris and Troy deal with their mortality hour. It's not so much mortality. It's just like I said, I kind of want to. Lots of things are. It's it's all a core strength thing, which I always yeah. kind of ignored. I understood the concept, but I just didn't pay any attention to it. It turns out once you start, you know, trying to, like I say, tighten everything up, like as in get that core all tightened up again, you just kind of notice it everywhere, right? Like. Hell, even the first two weeks, because he had me doing stretching and all that, I noticed something that I thought was just kind of old age. And, oh, this is it. I just, I can't do shoulder checks as well <laughs> as I used to. Now, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I just yeah. needed to stretch more. Yeah. I get it. Okay. You're, you're just not used to it. Everything's, yeah, tight and, yeah. That's, yeah, I used I, to be young and limber, and I used to be able to shoulder check no problem. Then one day, it's kind of like, oh, no, <laughs> I can only move my head this oh, far. Man. I guess this is it. No, it turns out just stretch more idiot like, getting oh. old yeah it's i we went uh we went ice skating right before the holidays and you know i used to be i was out there practice tuesday thursday games on saturday so had my hockey legs and uh went out just for for fun with friends like just skating around for an hour and yeah. uh, hurt everywhere using <laughs> muscles that i hadn't used and god knows how long and, yeah uh, it's bad bad news but uh well you know it's we gotta we gotta stay limber we gotta keep sharp keep fit we're, we're right. ghostbusters that's what we gotta do that's what we do we gotta be prepared for the zombie apocalypse exactly we gotta be on a zombie survival team for somebody <laughs> what are we gonna do if our team can't rely upon us it's just I it's know. unacceptable it's completely unheard of how are we going to fend off the wastelanders if we don't uh, keep our core in shape <laughs> yes exactly uh, all right. Well, enough talk about our strengths and weaknesses, literally, figuratively. Uh, two two twenty five. Thanks for asking. Two two twenty five. Book and a half. <laughs> why? Do, why does everything have to be money when people are like, ah, you know, I bench about book and a half. What? Who <laughs> what? says that? Nobody says that. Uh, anyway, gym rats. Those guys are weird. Uh, well, let's let's talk Ghostbusters for the Ghostbusters people that sure. are tuning into this here podcast. Uh, hey, everybody! Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks again for joining us here on the Crossrip. Uh, very much appreciate you guys joining us every week. Uh, all of the people that participate in the show that you call in, we've got a few cool voicemails that are coming up here in the show. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy that. 
really, uh, again, uh, thank you guys uh, last week for for the response to the Lost Scenes podcast and uh, the response to the Playmobil podcast has absolutely yeah. been through the roof. Uh, so thanks, thanks for everybody that hit that share button, that like button. Um, we did get a couple of, of new five star reviews on iTunes. Thank you guys to to whoever out there did that. Um, unfortunately, it's all anonymous, so we can't thank you by name, or otherwise we would. I would call each and every one of you out because I, I love it when those five star reviews come through. So, uh, but you know, without any further delay, we have a lot of news that we need to get into, and we also have some some good audio clips, and including some from you guys. So let's just do it. Let's break into some news. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. I think Winston's obviously the strongest. But I think Egon's the one that secretly goes off to the gym. I think that's a good point. I think Egon's got the core strength. He's I got think, the science. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know... For all his Twinkie popping, he's counting <laughs> calories. He's got it broken down into kilojoules. I mean, he does, They he eats a lot of junk food. He eats Cheez-Its. He eats popcorn. He eats pizza. He eats Twinkies. Uh, so there I is, was going to say, I bet he's like a nutritionist. I bet he counts his calories. I bet yeah. that he's really smart about what he eats. But then you see him in the first movie just eating garbage. And then in the second movie, they're discussing what kind of food they want. And it's you know Chinese and pizza and uh, Italian yeah. food. Heavy stuff, but, man. But uh, you know, all things in moderation. We haven't, you know, we don't see him snack all like. Well, he's a heavy snacker, but <laughs> he must eat a salad here and there. I, you would hope and, so. And, and while it's maybe not the healthiest, it's calories in, calories out. That's you true. know that you know that man has a bomb calorimeter, and he's used it <laughs> on everything in his kitchen at least he's, once. He's a tall, lanky dude who eats a lot of garbage. He something he's he's got it figured out. He's got all he's the, the enzymes, he's the guy all of that, the caloric intake. Yeah, yeah. You go into my fitness pal, and it's easy enough for somebody to say Starbucks mocha, four hundred and fifty <laughs> calories, because Starbucks publishes that. Yeah. You know, Egon's the guy who's putting in small apple. 80, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, half box of, of Cheez-Its. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything where they've named it, it doesn't matter. Anything where you're like, how do they know how many calories that is? He's worked it out. Uh, Chinese he's, takeout in Budweiser. 1,200 right. calories. He's, he's slapped at it. And you know he's got the, 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 the science down on yeah. routine and... That's that's a really good point. I, yeah, I always figured that Winston was the strongest of the group, and yeah, but Ray I think it just comes the, natural to him. Yeah, yeah. For, well, because I mean, as we've learned in IDW, he's uh, army trained, and yep. you know, again, he's a fit and sharp guy. And he then runs. He's yeah, exactly. He's he's of the of the four the most physically fit. I would bet Vankman is probably the least physically fit, obviously, because. Yeah doesn't want to touch a treadmill or a gym and uh, kind of lazy. <laughs> back up here. I guarantee you he goes out running and he goes to the gym occasionally, but it's all about picking up. Yeah. Women. Yeah. It's he's, he's the type of gym rat that just sort of walks around and like, Oh, Oh, oh so winded. So, and everybody's like, I didn't see you do anything. No, yeah. but I, you didn't say it. 1001. I don't know if you saw, but I just did a thousand. Uh, we know, um, that Dana is, uh, uh like aerobics. Yeah. Dana, uh, she's got the, uh, aerobicized thing going on. Uh, Jazzercise. Jazzercise. Played it back at... Uh, oh, no, wait, that's Lewis. I mean, we know that uh, Lewis does his... Lewis does it at home off the yeah. tape. 
whereas she was coming in wearing her Dan skins and right, leg warmers. Right. She was out somewhere. That was the 80s. Yeah, she was that out was uh, sweating to the oldies or uh, <laughs> what was Jane Fonda's? Was it a robosize? I guess it was a robosize. Robosize. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what... Uh, J- the Jane Fonda Janine. tapes. Janine, Janine does nothing. She, she plays just, racquetball. Oh, does she? That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's very fascinating to me. I also play racquetball. So play I, racquetball, very good. <laughs> the Crunchy Bar Award for this episode goes <clears> to <throat> you, sir. Bring it. Just digging deep. I'm really digging <laughs> deep here. What else you got? Hit me with something. That's <laughs> it. We went through the crew, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, all right. So um, Presidential Physical Fitness Award for the Ghostbusters obviously goes to Winston Zedmore. That's right. Uh, maybe uh, Silent Dark Horse uh, Egon Spangler. Who's who's to say? Yeah, but, I don't think uh, he gets. I think he gets like uh, papers published. He doesn't get any physical fitness awards, but he gets no. papers published on yeah. physical fitness. Mus- muscle and fitness published. by Doctor Egon Spangler. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, all right. So. Although at the end of the day, they're all probably okay because they do run up and down stairs and away in fear a lot. So there's some good cardio yeah. in there. Yeah, and uh, adrenaline. Spikes in adrenaline and uh, stress. I would imagine yeah, that. Heavy, heavy packs. So Yeah, heavy packs. Their well, spines sense. are condensed and they've got really big upper body strength. Sure. That's why at the top of the stairs, Venkman was the one who threatened to throw up. The rest were winded, <laughs> yeah. but they made it because they prepared. Well, Peter you know was what? the one who was prepared. Now that I'm thinking, okay, so Ghostbusters 2... You've yeah. got the two heavy slime blowers, the the, uh, the huge tanks on their backs that probably have. They went on uh, Ray think? and uh, Winston. Ray, Ray and Winston. I think it's but probably would... like five to ten gallons worth of slime, at least three yeah. tanks worth. So. Yeah, but but we got to remember hmm. that Ray is a mechanical guy. He is a he is a lifter. He is he's a blue collar. So I, I have that suits like the marine and the blue collar. Okay. Uh, yeah, are not, up the not heavy. Egon. No, he, Egon's a little Egon's, light. Yeah, he's a little okay. All right, I'll give you that. Well, yeah. at any rate, all right. What do you guys think? Tell, <laughs> tell us about the physical prowess of of the Ghostbusters. Uh, call the voicemail. Call, call the Crossrip uh, hotline. <laughs> tell us how much you lift, bro. <laughs> tell us. Tell us how much you think Peter Venkman lifts, bro. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about the stuff we do know. We do know that Ghostbusters answered the call, won a Kids Choice Award on Nickelodeon. That's something yes. we do know. Feel like we should get into that. Uh, not just one award, several awards, which I thought was uh, funny. Was they got? Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up here. Favorite movie, favorite yep. movie actor for Chris Hemsworth, and favorite right. movie actress for Melissa McCarthy, who beat out Kristen Wiig, who was also nominated in the same category for Ghostbusters. So that's right. Very, very cool stuff. I mean, it's the Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Award, so there were people getting slimed left and right. Uh, very Ghostbuster-centric <laughs> there. Um, unfortunately, I know a lot of you guys were holding your breath, and um, the award for Favorite Squad did not go to Ghostbusters. It actually went to the cast of Finding Dory, which is funny. It didn't go to Suicide Squad, which has Squad in the name. I know. It went to Finding Dory. People love the Finding Dory. So, uh, but yeah, very cute, very funny. Um, kind of like the MTV Music Awards or Movie Awards. Uh, it's all about the spectacle and and the kids getting to see the celebrities. And it's more about that than the actual awards themselves, which has been really funny because there's been a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I mean like maybe on one hand that I can yeah. count, who want to discredit the validity of the Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Awards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just just so really this, funny. 
let me get this straight. The Oscars uh, voting uh, process is over and uh, tabulation process is overseen by Price Waterhouse. Yeah, yeah, but not political at all. Not not. And Nickelodeon, it's overseen by Pizza Hut locations across America, <laughs> and, and the, they want to the tell us. Website. They mm-hmm. want to tell us that somehow Nickelodeon awards aren't real awards. Yeah. Well, um, all right then. All right then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> To the to the highest sponsor to the highest bidder, yes, uh, the awards probably did go. Uh, I will be honest with you, the music awards. I, I'm at that age where I recognized maybe one tenth of the names that uh, were up for the uh, award and the nominations. But um, you know, again, it's it's the Nickelodeon's Kids Choice Awards. Uh, I mean, I I think. Just for the kids to have Melissa McCarthy there, Chris Hemsworth there, uh, you know, Will Smith always goes over huge at the Kids' Choice Awards. Um, It's it's just it's these big, larger than life personalities that the kids look up to. That you know, especially with something like Ghostbusters, it's a big role playing uh, wish fulfillment. We've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. That not one of us that's listening to this as a kid probably didn't imagine wanting to strap on a proton pack run around zapping and trapping ghosts. Um, so a very kid centric property. Um, and I think that's, that's just what this indicates. This is not indicating we don't need to open sore wounds on oh, the movie was bad. The movie was good. The, I, I, I don't want to deal with that anymore. Um, and I feel like every time we start talking about something, it opens up that can of worms. We get it. People don't like the movie. We get it. People like the movie. Um, let let the kids have fun. Let them see their celebrities in in person. Let them watch this on Nickelodeon. Uh, it's it's more for them. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, Ghost Core and all of the places uh, blasted out to the masses because it's 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 publicity. It's newsworthy yeah. for them, and and that's why they're promoting it. And you know, uh, if they got a Razzie, I don't think they would promote that but maybe they would i don't know who knows bad publicity but uh it's just you know i it it felt again it's one of these things where it felt like it was so innocent and so inconspicuous so mundane uh oh they won a couple of kids choice awards that's awesome i didn't think that it would cause another fervor the way that it has and i just it's i don't know yeah nothing surprises me anymore but i guess that did surprise me what kills me is the people who contend that the whole thing was rigged because anybody can go in and vote multiple times. And obviously the people who like the movie who are not kids and are spoiling children, childhoods irony, um, uh, went in and just totally, uh, toppled the voting. And it's like, I guess, except that sounds like a giant waste of time. Yeah, well, isn't that what happened with the YouTube downvoting too yeah. that we had determined that it was just people going and and? Uh, oh, no, they insisted that was scientific. straight up real one yeah. one one man one vote. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, 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 sorry, pull my head. Oh, uh, I didn't even know about it until the awards were handed out. Like, I'm having a hard time believing that there was some sort of massive. Uh, Pro movie uh, conspiracy to supervote <laughs> the system. Yeah, when none of the Ghostbusters websites 
knew they were up for awards. I, I mean, the People's Choice Award, I knew that they were yes. uh, nominated for, or at least in the electronic voting process for. I don't even know if you know that actually got to however they handle that. They're whittling down of the nominees. But yeah, I didn't even know about the Nickelodeon's uh We knew it wasn't Award. in the Razzies from all the people screaming, why isn't it in the Razzies? <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Not a peep. So I uh. have to assume that somehow, loosely, given that this is not the Oscars, um, that, yeah, it was just a bunch of kids on the website just yeah. clicking so, their options and, yeah, here, kind of turned it like this. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and I'm also baffled, like, what did they think it means if n- none of them won? Like, the world ends or something? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. that'll show like a couple of them were like they should have lost like what that would have shown them i don't quite understand yeah, uh, the- yeah. then they would have never i don't know it's at any rate i'm again like i said i'm, I'm to the point where i'm just done talking about it but and i get that feeling from from mr paul feig as well because he was uh out at the toronto um sketch comedy festival uh last week and so he was making the press rounds he was talking to the 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 journalists and all of the publicists that were there uh, f- for the event. And um, he did an interview on CBC where he talked, it's, it's a great, it's a 20 minute interview you should seek out the entire thing, but he talked about um, Saturday night live and the current political climate. He talked about uh, freaks and geeks, which was great. Um, but he does talk a little bit about ghostbusters. Um, and this was sort of in conjunction with an article that you had posted too, Chris, where, uh, people now were kind of, there's a little bit of distance in the rear view mirror and people are sort of now trying to do a little bit of a postmortem with, you know, how, how do you feel that the movie did? How do you feel um, that it, it maybe didn't perform the way that you wanted it to. Um, and, and he's been very candid actually in these last couple of interviews, you know, he, uh, in the print interview said something to the effect of, well, you know, I, every time I saw it, with an audience, they went crazy for all of the references to the original film. We had to be reverent to the, to the original film. Um, but yet a lot of the backlash that we got, uh, from, from critics and the criticisms that we received were that it relied too heavily upon the original film. So he's kind of saying, I don't know what people wanted when I saw the reaction that was, it was getting in theaters and then what critics were saying, you know, he, he sort of seems, he seems a little baffled by it, which, you know, I think, I think is is justified to a certain respect that he he and Katie Dippold and 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 the team on this film went and they made the movie that they wanted to make and uh, they stood by it and uh, people reacted one way people reacted the other way and that's kind of where that's where he has to draw the line he's like that's what we did that's what happened I don't know what else to tell you we can't really dissect this anymore so um yeah. very very interesting kind of conversation that he's having i d- did i read too much into that did you get that same sort of tone when you read that article chris i actually got a i guess kind of I, I got a slightly different one where he was uh you mean the interview with uh bruce mccullough oh was it bruce mccullough i didn't even realize yeah. that oh my Kid god in the hall bruce yeah. mccullough oh jeez. Uh, uh yeah he was the one and he and bruce mccullough asked him like you know what he made of the uh uh you know of the reaction to it and how it performed and why it you know was how it performed and why it performed and and he had basically kind of simplified his message kind of came out as it did okay 
and then he kind of boiled it down to he didn't say like you know these people did this or some people did that or anything he kind of boiled it down to it was two years of controversy yeah and he's like and i'm not sure how then by the time the movie came out that wasn't going to have created an atmosphere for people to decide going in you know what i mean like when you have two years of uh uh, some people say it sucks and other people say you know misogyny and all this sort of thing yeah. when you have kind of this running battle for two years it's kind of like it gets to the end and people are like oh yeah i've heard <laughs> noise you know i've heard kind of negative noise it's not even like the movie's bad yeah. it's just like it's been a drone of noise for sure. two years and he's like and i think a lot of people because yeah when you're going to the theater you want to have fun right yeah like, it's fatigue it's it's fatiguing um, that's kind of how i interpret yeah. it is he, he wasn't like he's like he still stands by what he made which makes sense you know what he thinks it's subjective sure. he thinks it's yeah. funny is funny so he made the best movie he thinks he can make um some people liked it some people didn't which he also got into like he talked i think he mentioned offhand that you know a lot of a lot of women and a lot of uh kids responding big to it but yeah it was two years of just constant scrutiny and noise yeah. and by the time the movie came out it's yeah that's all that was a, that was a large wall of noise to sure. go up against and it did basically what you'd assume it would do which is it did okay yeah didn't <laughs> it didn't it didn't die on its feet and it didn't set the world on fire it just sort of yeah, which I think was there. Maybe that's why I read a little, a little too much into it, almost as as if it wasn't a defeated tone. Because if it would have come out and it would have just bombed dramatically, uh, all right, well, yeah. post mortem, moving on. Um, and then if it would have come out and been a huge success, then of course, then there's the oh boy, thank goodness. Like when Titanic came out, and you know, after years of hemming and hawing over the production troubles and all of the things that happened on that movie. Look, it was a, a huge success. People came in droves to see it. It won the Best Picture Academy Award. All this crazy stuff happened to it. Uh, ju totally justified. Um, but instead, he's kind of in this weird middle ground uh, gray area where it's like, well, it wasn't a huge success. It wasn't a total failure. Uh, it just it is what it is. Uh, moving yeah. on. You know, we're all going to go I, do other things now. So Yeah, exactly. What I took away from it was the movie's out, the home video's out the television releases are out. Um, so his time on the movie is now done, but because of the chords it struck, um, you know, politically and, and all that yeah. sort of thing, it's going to come up for the rest of his life. So I felt like this was kind of just his, his polite answer. Yeah. It'll answer the question, but he's just not interested in, diving into it anymore <laughs> yeah. right like we're, we're slowly delving into the territory that bill murray was in every time he was asked about a third movie and you know yeah. he'd start giving you the smart ass answers uh i think i think we're gonna start getting those answers but but regardless so we do have the man's actual words so you can hear them for yourself this is uh this was the cbc interview that he did um and this was not with bruce mccullough in the hall this was with tom power unfortunately uh i wish they would have recorded bruce mccullough talking with paul feig i, that I could been not find it awesome but 
sorry, Tom, if you're listening to this, we love you too, man. But uh, here's Tom Power talking with uh, Paul. This is just the snippet that talks about Ghostbusters, but go seek out the the entirety of this interview. It's a really good interview. In the White House, there were uh, one of the larger issues was that the president had a problem with the fact that <laughs> Sean Spicer was being portrayed by a woman. Oh, yeah. A- at all. And I know this is something that you faced in your throughout your career, obviously through the Ghostbusters backlash. Um, does, does that kind of vitriol, that kind of backlash surprise you anymore? It sadly doesn't surprise me anymore, and I hate that it doesn't surprise me because when I started the the free uh, the, the uh, I'm sorry Ghostbusters, you know, I went to that sort of like you know, look, I do these movies with these funny women, and people really love them, and you know, even though you get on the press tour and it's always the you know, so women can be funny, which is you know, hey, I can't believe that's still a question. Can't yeah. keep asking that question, yeah, um, but you know, I really went into <laughs> yeah, get that off your sheet. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but you know, so I went into Ghostbusters. I remember I sent that tweet out. I was so happy because I made this. I, oh, I have. The, I know how to do it because they wanted me to do a Ghostbusters stuff. I can do it with all, all women. That'll be fun. And I know all these amazing women. So I put out this tweet like, you know, I'm doing, I'm rebooting Ghostbusters and it's going to be all hilarious women. That's who I'm going to call. And just like, oh, who's not going to be happy about this? And the first wave, the first day was just like so happy and all these wonderful tweets. But then the next day, suddenly it trickled out through Breitbart and whoever else disseminates all this stuff. And... So, then you go, oh my god! And this wave of venom that came in was just unbelievable. Yeah, because it wasn't like that's a no. You know, it, it wasn't just people saying that's a bad idea. It was people threatening. Right. It was people encouraging violence. It was people saying, oh, I mean, oh, the worst things anyone can say to another oh, they, human. They were hoping that Katie Dippel and I were going to die. I mean, under a bus and taste her own blood. And you know, and, and look, look. There, yes, there were people that were just like don't touch a classic. But there was also so much that was just very misogynistic. <laughs> and you know, there's no getting around that. And that's when you suddenly go like, oh gosh, I thought we were way more advanced than this. Um, we have about a minute left. You're here for the Toronto Sketch Fest. All right. Uh, Amer- well, huh? Hmm? I was going to say, when an American asks me, do you know Tom in Toronto? I'm just going to say him. <laughs> That's him. That's him. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, I know him. You guys all know each other, right? It's <laughs> Went to like, school together. Yeah, what province no, is he in? Uh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> uh, so, um, all right, well, let's, let's move on. I want to talk about virtual reality because I feel like that's, uh, the hot item this week. Um, because, so there's two, there's two, two mints in one virtual reality things that we need to talk about. Always feeling. Sorry. Wait, is that Jamiroquai? You triggered my Jamiroquai uh, oh my neuron God, we, there. All right. That was your – again, we're going to do a, an entirely karaoke episode at one point. I'm sorry. Like Chris, go. We've talked about this before. You're going to tickle <laughs> neurons every once in a while, and I just got to get it out or I'll explode by the end of the episode. <laughs> I, so just totally talk fine. through it. I'll People be the background People audio. People want to hear the Chris Stewart singing. <laughs> uh, well, Okay. Which one do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about PlayStation or do you want to talk about Void? Ooh, Void. Void. All right. Because we um, talked, we left off last time uh, speculating about American cities, yes. and we uh, and the heard first another city we got was not American. Uh, funny enough, uh, we were thinking, oh, they're going to start announcing the big markets: uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, Vancouver. We we're going to start getting those announcements. The first confirmed Void expansion that we have received actually starts this week in Dubai. So, uh, for all of our listeners in Dubai, of which none of you guys have chimed in, if you guys are out there listening, please uh, hit us up and also let us know if you have a couch that we can crash on because we still want to come out and visit Motion Gate. 
Um, but so starting on 324, the Void Ghostbusters Dimension Experience has opened at the Beach JBR, and it's only going to be a limited time pop-up, um, which I'm getting the sense that that's what the Void is going to start doing. They're going to do these <laughs> pop-up shops uh, here and there, yeah. and, and the experience is going to be there for a limited time only. It makes total sense uh, because yeah. overhead is a lot easier if you relocate into a blockbuster video that's gone out of business for a couple of weeks or months and then you're out uh as opposed to trying yeah, to set up I, a permanent shop you and i talked about that before right like the measurements are the same all you just got to do is with the blueprint lay out the the false walls and ta-da. insert all the special effects like the fans and the the yeah. wavy things that you step on that make you feel like you're on a window washing platform i guarantee uh, you you stuff. could pack all of that into a single uh, semi, possibly even like a uh, like a, a, a one of those smaller panel moving trucks. Yeah, a little cube truck or whatever they're called. Yeah, because all you're bringing is your repair gear and your sensor gear and the packs and all that. Um, and you know you're buying wood, wood local, etc. Sort of thing. Yeah, like you could just you could you could tour it. Yeah, for pretty, ages. Pretty pretty easy setup. Well, I mean, relatively easy setup. They do have to build sets and props and all the stuff uh, that you don't see when you've got the virtual reality goggles on. But uh, uh, but that is just carpenters. Like and frankly, uh, like you bring your lead guy and you hire local. Right? Yeah. Like, can you read the <laughs> schematic? Cut go, and measure. Here we go. Yeah, and and go down to the local Goodwill, pick up an armchair. There you go. That's the armchair that you see, and go. <laughs> Like, yeah, like it's it's really quick and dirty. Yeah, like all you really have to, and so and also this whole thing to Dubai is good evidence then because that wasn't shipped over in a, a container thing. They packed that up into you know one or two of those. Yeah, threw it on uh, a cargo plane or whatever. A cargo and, plane yeah. and flew it over. Right, yeah. so portable. Um, Portable, Highly portable. And, but all of this, I mean, we're, we're sort of downplaying what the experience is because I just saw another article that Charles Fink did on Forbes where they were talking about he's sort of their resident v- virtual reality aficionado or, you know, kind of kind of how Gizmodo has there. That's our uh, Apple guy and that's our uh, Sony uh, Blu-ray player guy. and <laughs> That's our Zune guy. Nobody talks to him anymore. Yeah, he just sits in the corner and... You hear do 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 do. Uh, oh, the Zune. God, I haven't thought about a Zune in a long time. But anyway, so uh, Charles is sort of their virtual reality guy, and he wrote this article. He went out to uh, to Madame Tussauds on a Tuesday afternoon. He was the only person in the Void experience, which was really sad. I actually reached out to him. And I was like, I'm sorry, you were the only one there, man, because half the fun is you're in there with somebody else, and you see the other avatars, and uh, you know, it, it. I feel like you. You only got half the experience, but uh, he was head over heels about the Void experience, you know, saying that it was one of the best free roam um, uh, virtual reality experiences that he's done. Um, he thinks that this is sort of the wave of the future in terms of storytelling and where the, the medium is going because it's it's story based, but it's also free roaming. So you can go around and, and deal with things on your own terms and it can become, uh, uh, how do you say, a game... Uh, help me game developer you can turn something into a game 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 gamified gamified yeah i was looking for the right adjective word there (laughs) you were looking for the right made-up word yeah gamified it can be game gamey no as i call them microsoft word puzzlers (laughs) 
Gamified. That's not a real word. It is where it I is am. now. Suck you it up, word. Do away with your red underlined word. You don't know. I'm uh, just going to click on you and say, you remember that, and you're going to like it. And done. Yeah. Uh, but so at any rate, so yeah, he was really impressed by it. Um, and the funny thing was he had the same experience with the, the wax uh, museum that uh, my wife and I had, where it was like, yeah, we would never really be caught dead in a wax museum, to be completely honest. I just, the whole thing kind of creeps me out. And uh, so he, he did, it sounds exactly like what we did. We kind of walked as fast as we could through the wax museum. Maybe we're like, oh, that's kind of creepy and weird. Okay, moving on, moving on. And he went, he beeline straight to that virtual reality experience and, and you know, had the time of his life. So uh, hopefully more people out there are going to be able to experience it. It sounds like you will be. It sounds like that this traveling roadshow is just getting underway and maybe Dubai is sort of the prototype of that. I mean, if you can set up shop uh, across the pond uh, in a totally different country and, and have the same response that you get in New York City, you can do it anywhere, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Well, the thing we have to bear in mind, too, is that if they've sent something to Dubai and New York's still up and running, it means they're making more gear. Right. So I don't think that gear's coming back here. Oh, no. I think they're making more gear for here. Yeah. That gear is, because it's a limited time in Dubai, so where's it going to pop up next? I mean, I would, you know almost, I, mean? Like, like, I would wager that the, at that point, knowing Dubai has motion gate, maybe it goes over to, to hide a park in Germany or something. And it ties in yep. with when that opens or, you know, that that's, uh, hide a park, uh, Germany, uh, Italy, not far away. Yep. Italy. You can hit uh, all of these huge markets, France, uh, England, definitely. Right. Like, I mean, I guess the, the bigger question and Naoki, I will ask this for you. When's it going to hit Japan? It's got to hit Japan sooner than later. Like yeah. that's that's a no-brainer. So uh, I think that's a separate kit that'll be shipped to uh, to the the, the uh, Asian Pacific area there, where yeah. it'll hit Japan and uh, Singapore and yeah, Taiwan, etc. All of those markets, totally. So, but not you, China, because you didn't want the movie. <laughs> you had your chance. That's right. We're going to shun you in the virtual reality realm. Because this is our reality now. <laughs> Up there, we're on your time down here. We're on our time. Uh, so, all right. So, you may not be able to experience the void in your backyard yet. yet. However, there is something which, due to the magic of podcasting, you and I, Chris, are experiencing for the very first time as people are listening to this. I know. Because it comes out tomorrow. This is where the, the timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff gets really weird. <laughs> Because we're recording on Wednesday, but you're listening to this on Monday, where we will be at a press event for the Ghostbusters VR that's coming out on PlayStation 4 tomorrow. Does that make sense? Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. (laughs) I had to do the the beautiful mind in my head there just to make sure that I got that right. Tuesday the 21st. Unless you're one of the handful of people that downloaded on Sunday... Or Troy pushes a button wrong and it publishes on Saturday. In which case, <laughs> we're talking about yeah, Monday, yeah, well, not today. You know what's funny is I so I post the I post these episodes. So up if it's on, nine o'clock in New York, if a train leaves the Crossrip Studio at nine right. p.m. and another train leaves nine thirty in Newfoundland, then that means no. Sorry. Yeah. No. I, okay. So. <laughs> 
just a quick side tangent yes the episode does go up on usually like saturday night sunday morning but that's because we know that a lot saturday of you guys saturday night da, 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 da. pretty baby <laughs> i warned you i warned you woman turn off the basitude rollers uh didn't listen i didn't <laughs> listen that's i had that coming i really just i teed that one up for you does uh, nobody proofread your copy to see if there's any <laughs> accidental music references in there that'll trigger me uh <laughs> hold on i'm just scratching out the girl from ipanema reference here we're just gonna get there out go. of there uh so yeah so so the episode does go up um because the we have uh, a lot of great uh, wonderful people that are eight or nine hours ahead of us so i want to make sure that you guys have it for your monday morning commutes but anyway so that's a totally side tangent let's talk about the playstation 4 virtual reality experience that we have yes. not experienced yet uh, what we can talk about is what we know going into what's happening uh, on Monday, and we can then kind of circle back after we actually have that experience. But uh, this is a more robust version of the the uh, mobile app that came out at the time that uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call was released on Blu-ray. Um, yeah. As I understand, they've pumped a lot of money into it. Uh, you... You have a guide now. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that that was kind of teased for us in the invitation. So I'm not entirely sure who the guide is. Uh, could be one of the characters from the movie or something. My guess is you have Pat yeah. Oswalt's voice on the app. It's probably sort of tied into that. That'd be something um, if he got a Ghostbusters character, right? Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, he's he's so good. I mean, side plug, he's so good on uh, Agents of Shield as the Canning Brothers that. Uh, he's, he's really good in that role. Like, welcome, here's your lanyard. Let me show you around. Uh, he, he's just awesome at that. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll, we'll report back after we know more about that, but you guys are gonna be able to experience it for yourselves tomorrow. If you are lucky enough to have a PlayStation four and the virtual reality goggles and the two little like Q-tip light sticks, uh, that you need in order to do it. Yes. Uh, I looked at it. It's like $400 for the headset. And then you got to buy the two controllers. It's like another $600 investment. Yes. So, so shout out to the Fraser Valley ghostbusters, which is the, uh, the further inland portion of the ghostbusters of British Columbia, because I had, uh, I went out for beer with them, uh, last month there. And uh, half of them have the, that whole setup. Oh, do they really? Uh, or at least two of them, and the rest, you know, come over and hang out. So I know Rob oh, has one, and I know, I think Peter has one. So, gentlemen, <laughs> yeah, start your engines. Did you know? Yeah. Did you know this was coming out? And are you excited? <laughs> uh, no, very. I mean, we knew we knew it was on the horizon. We didn't know that it was coming this soon. Um, and if we would have known, we would have told you all uh, before this. But uh, that's right. Now we know, and we'll tell you more on Monday. Well, next Monday, when you listen to this. Oh, look, I've gone cross-eyed. Unless it posts on Sunday. <laughs> one plus two plus two plus one. No, one plus two Seven. plus one plus two. One. Hey, this is Jacob and Ryan Nash from the Circle City Ghostbuster. We're here at Slam Palooza and we really wish you guys had been able to make it, but we're going to run around and try to say hi from a bunch of people, so here we go. Hello, I'm Erica from the Circle City Ghostbusters. Hey, say your name where you're from. Huh? Say your name where you're from. Monica Phoenix. Justin Patton from Jasper. Alright, everybody say your name and where you're from. Hi. 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 Hi.
And you guys couldn't make it? Stay in where you're from. Or no. Stay where you're from. Hey, I'm Bob from the Windy City Ghost Bus. <laughs> Say your name and where you're from. I'm Joe from Plainfield, Illinois. All right. Melissa from Portage, Indiana. All right. Say your name and where you're from. My name's Christian from Oakland. All right. Say your name and where you're from. Say your name where you're from. Anthony Snyder, Kelsey. Say your name where you're from. Kalamazoo. Say your name where you're from. Joshua, Ron Lake, Illinois. Right. Uh, Mike from uh, Kalamazoo. Kate, Kalamazoo Ghostbusters. All right. So hopefully that was uh, pretty much everyone. Probably not everyone. There's a lot of people here. So hopefully you guys can make it out to next year. And. Uh, so this might be the biggest international cross since 1909. I don't know. I'll give you a pick. Give me a second. All right. I don't know. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for putting on a great podcast. We love you. Bye. Hey, uh, thanks to the Circle City guys for that uh, voicemail. That was that was really uh, you guys had a few green beers. I can hear it. It's okay. I don't blame you. Uh, I know that they don't drink from the river. Oh, please don't drink from the river. I, you don't know what's happened in that river, I'm sure. Or maybe you do. And even more reason not to actually drink from that river. But uh, yeah, uh, Circle City and everybody that went out there to the Slime of Palooza, uh, it was really cool seeing their photos on Instagram and Twitter. And, and a lot of people from a lot of different franchises went. I did see. Uh, some of the Georgia guys went up there, and um, uh, a lot of the a lot of the the northeastern uh, franchises uh, yeah. were reporting in, which was cool. And I saw that the the Harold Ramis bust from Answer the Call slash the Harold Ramis Museum was there for a few photo ops. That's that's the majority of the photos that I saw was everybody taking their picture with that thing like it was the Stanley Cup. Nobody came up with a really great idea for their photos, Chris, uh, to your point a couple episodes ago as to what we should do if we get our photo taken with said bust. Um, But uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, my God. Don't kill me. Who was it? Somebody out there on Twitter told us. Was it Liver Stealer? Oh, I need to look this up. I can't I can't not give this credit. But somebody did have a great idea as to what we should do to the Harold Ramis bust. They're, again, respectful to the, the memory of, of Harold Ramis. We don't want to do anything that's in poor taste. Uh, but uh, they posted a picture on Twitter as to, you know, the scene when uh, Egon is walking through the Sedgwick Hotel and he comes up to the passerby and he's, he's scanning with the PKE meter and he kind of just like... Nudges him. He gives him a little poke. Uh, That was the suggestion that we should do. uh, That's a good one. When we go up to that to that bust, and I want to make sure that I give credit where credit is due. Oh shoot! Who was it? Pause for edit. Pausing for edit. Oh no! Was it really this far back? It was Adam. It was Adam, Mister Heroic Thirty Five, who you know wanted to. Who wanted to have us all sort of either poke Harold on the shoulder or, you know, give him a little PKE scan. I think that's a great idea. So That's a good one. Yeah, I pretty, like that. Pretty good idea. Um, so, yeah, so uh, for all of you that went to Slime Palooza, I hope you guys had a good time. Uh, it sounds like the parade was really fun. Uh, that voicemail makes it sound like it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we wish we could have been there. So we're up to three and a half. 
full-blown mini conventions now for Ghostbusters fans? Three and a half, so it would be PKE Surge. This Slimapalooza. Slimapalooza. The name escapes me, but they keep t- the Canadian one at Fan Expo. I forget what they were calling it. But they've only done it a couple of times now. And then the half was if we ever follow through on the threat that uh, we should all meet up in L.A. semi-regularly in the summertime. <laughs> our, our reunion for... Uh, the reunion, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's a good idea, too. We'll all hang out at the Biltmore Hotel and yes. terrorize those poor people <laughs> who are gracious <laughs> enough to open their doors for us weirdos. Uh, uh, well, because given that we found the stairwell, it's almost a, you gotta go now, right? Yeah, like, you gotta go. You gotta do it. You gotta go. take the photos. I, I actually, when I was on jury duty, I went back and took a few 360 posts, or uh, Facebook posts, and, and I just, I love it in there. It's classy. It's old Hollywood. They don't really make them yeah. like that anymore. It's a great place. Even if you're not a Ghostbusters fan, it's a great place to go check out, but. Absolutely. So. Uh, let's see. So that was Slimapalooza. Hey, Portland, let's talk about you guys. Um, <laughs> because I am insanely jealous that you have a rare opportunity here. This a is very something rare opportunity. I, I mean, I, I got to do it once and it was outstanding. It was amazing. Uh, they did a 70 millimeter print screening of Ghostbusters with a, uh, Ivan Reitman Q and a, and boy, it must've been the 25th anniversary. It was before they did the 4k restoration. So it was, it was shortly yeah. before the 25th, but, um, you got to see the movie in 70 millimeter. It's uh, a totally different experience. They, they have a very select few prints that are archival quality that go out, uh, that are 70 millimeters. So it's going to be, it's going to be like seeing the movie in the theaters for the very first time on a film print, uh, if I could get up there, I would totally be doing this. So, um, this is at the Hollywood theater, uh, tickets are on sale now and they do anticipate them going fast. It's part of their series. They're showing Tron and Ghostbusters and a bunch of really great classic eighties films that they've gotten these, these pristine prints for. So, uh, that's coming up on April 7th. You got to get those tickets now. Um, and you know, save me a seat if you can. I don't know if I can make yeah. it. It's April seventh. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't think I can. I don't think I could swing that one. But I've tried uh, to to work out the technical bit. I think you and I even talked about this last year a bit because I think a seventy millimeter uh, screening came up somewhere, but it was never shot in seventy millimeter. But optical effects were shot in sixty five millimeter. Right, I think that's or was and it super thirty five? I can't. No, remember. 60, it was sixty five millimeter. 60? Okay. The the film was shot uh, anamorphic thirty five, mm-hmm. and this is where it starts to get fuzzy because they say, oh, it, it wasn't shot in seventy, so it was a blow up from the anamorphic thirty five. But here's the thing: like, it doesn't sound like you'd get much extra quality out of it, but. If the if these prints, if I understand correctly, and you'll have to correct me because you are the technical <laughs> guy here. When you shoot, there's no sound going on to what you're recording. It is the full correct. 35 millimeter frame. Yeah. When it goes to the cinema, I've seen a few. Like I have the trailer, 35 millimeter trailer. They're eating up some of the space. It's almost like a little bit under 35 millimeter because the sidebar has to run yeah, the optical. Yeah, they've got the optical audio on the sides. Yeah, Optical audio yeah. on the side, except 
in some of the theaters I went out with the magnetic audio, and I don't know how much whether that's just the. Oh God, it starts to break. It, I'm assuming that whatever they stamped out, they were basing it off of the you know the the, the original filming, meaning that obviously you're going to get that little extra blown up onto seven seventy millimeter that is kind of lost when it goes to the thirty five millimeter. Oh, yeah, I mean that's you're you're totally right. It's so it's all about aspect ratio. <laughs> no, no, it's sort no. of, well, <laughs> I'm going to put a caveat on this. There's no way I'm totally right. <laughs> you can say you're close or you're in the right ballpark, no, but no, I you, know yeah, I'm not you're, totally you're right. Totally in the ballpark. So so okay. seventy millimeter is is um so let's talk in aspect ratios that people know and we'll we'll make this really brief because we'll everybody's that. totally t- tuning out right now but so 70 millimeter is in an aspect ratio that's 220 to 1 so it's a lot thinner it looks a lot more uh it's it's more rectangular than the 185 to 1 which is your 16 by 9 uh which is your TV yeah your, your, your standard TV. widescreen TV um 70 two, millimeter is Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Where even if you're watching on your 16 by 9, it's got the black bars at the top still. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was like it was a, it was a Panavision um, gimmick that they've, and I say gimmick, but it was actually a great idea. But for westerns and for movies that you needed these big, wide, expansive um, scenic views of, of backgrounds and sets and, uh, locales and, and stuff where they were shooting, they would usually shoot those in, in, in 70 millimeter or for that aspect ratio for two twenty to one. So, right. um, and that's kind of what you're saying when they shot in, in anamorphic, uh, 35 millimeter, what they do is they turn the 35 millimeter frame, uh, which you know, when you if you've ever shot thirty five millimeter film, millennials film used to be this thing that you ran through cameras and you would take <laughs> take photos with it. But if you take that and you turn it on its side, you end up getting a lot more uh, real estate on it, and that's that's sort of how they would shoot yeah. that. And so uh, so yeah, so the seventy millimeter print was what they would strike from that anamorphic print that wasn't squeezing anything, wasn't rotating anything on its side. Um, and then, of course, they could get the uh, analog optical uh, audio track on on the side of it. But um, it's 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 a different experience. You will see stuff to the left and to the right of the screen that even when you uh, pull up your Blu-ray discs, your your outstanding brand new 4K UHD release of Ghostbusters. Um, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, shoot and okay don't flog me if I'm wrong on this but I think that is still at 185 to 1 so you're not watching a 220 it's still not that wider format um, so yeah. again uh, for everybody that tuned out welcome back uh, sorry for the technical talk but it is it's it's film nerd central it's a lot of fun to, to sort of talk about this because there yeah, are it's, it's much much in the way that people have asked uh, Paul Feig what's your definitive cut of the movie you know, the director's cut, the theatrical cut, uh, with this alternate scene, that sort of thing. There are yeah. people that ask directors, what's your definitive aspect ratio? What's your definitive projection method of your film? What did you intend for people to see this film as? Because, you know, in the eighties, people would watch it on their TV and it was four or three pan and scan. And all the directors were like, Oh my God, you cut everything off. Nobody can see anything. We didn't shoot that. Yeah. It's a long technical run around the block to basically drive home the point that even though the film wasn't shot in 70 millimeter, that that does not mean you're not getting a higher quality visual experience than you'd get even 
I, you know, even the most pristine 35 millimeter print out there or yeah. a 4K disc screening in a, you know, a digital projector. This is still a step up. Yeah. Well, and from there's, that. A, there's a good chance you're seeing part of the frame that's been cropped out or, or pan and zoomed out. Yeah. Uh, you know, much like when we watched uh, Ghostbusters for the very first time on ABC Sunday night at the movies, um, that whole exchange between Egon and Peter, when they're talking about proton charging and storage of the beast, you yep. don't see Egon feeding him the numbers through the hand signals because in that, you know, uh, four by three square aspect ratio, you don't he see that. Off. So, um, Ron Jeremy was cut off for years. <laughs> oh, for, well, that's, we won't go into that. You really set that one up there. Uh, it also means that <laughs> since the optical effects were done in near seventy millimeter, this is the best you will ever see them yeah. in a in a in a in a projected print. For, so yeah, well, let me put it this way: <laughs> seventy millimeter is what Quentin Tarantino films all of his films in: Hateful Eight, Pulp Fiction, uh, Kill Bill, all seventy millimeters. So that's right. That that needs to tell you a little something about uh, the the film nerdiness of it all, I guess. But so at any rate, yeah, Portland, so, so nerdy. The, the 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 common wisdom I've heard is that uh, apparently Miramax has bought up film stock. <laughs> they've they've just had for to. him. Yeah, they've yeah. had to. I don't know um, if anybody's making anymore, but they stockpile what's on hand just so yeah, he makes a movie. The, it's available. The directors like he and Christopher Nolan, who insist they have to shoot on film at all times. But uh, so yeah. <laughs> so at any rate, again, a very long-winded way of saying Portland. We're you jealous. guys got it. You got to go do this. You have to go We're see this. Jealous. Um, so go check that out. Uh, and then call what... in and tell us how it was. Yes. Oh, please do. Please do. Um, okay, we've got two more items on the rundown, Chris. I want to save the other one to last because it it really tickles me. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Keith Lemon, Patty McGinnis, and Robbie Williams, who are suiting up for a <laughs> Ghostbusters theme parody. Now you brought this to my attention. I did. I, I was like, "What Ghostbusters parody? Who? What?" Uh, but so let, let's talk about this. It's a five-part series on ITV where they're going to be That's spoofing. Right. Uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, um, Ghostbusters, a few other classic films. Um, I am an ignorant American. I have no idea who these guys are. What do you have you watched? I don't. Is it like sketch comedy? Or are these guys like the kids in the hall? Who who are they? Sort of. I'm not as familiar with McGinnis, um, but Keith Lemon, just to blow your your tiny little mind, there does not exist. He doesn't exist. Uh, no, a it's a. It's it's a character name um, that this guy uses. I forget the his real name, but um, it's not quite uh, it's not quite uh, Ali G level fictional characterness, if that makes any sense. But it's kind of somewhere in between a real human being and Ali G. Like, um, yeah, it's a little hard to explain. But anyways, this guy. <laughs> Has this persona character that he and he's done a bunch of other shows that were sketched. There was one I can't remember what it was called, and I seem to recall it was more of an interview thing. Now I will tell you right now, it, none of this stuff let uh, lit my uh, uh, my fire here. He did. I think the the one I was most familiar with was a show called Bo Selecta, which again was just sketch comedy stuff, and it was it came out of an era where there was some real. Uh, real surreal, like a real s- surreal bent of comedy going on in the UK. Um, and 
I think his stuff has kind of been described as a, a bit absurd and a bit lowbrow, kind of all at the same time. <laughs> Too okay. weird. It's it's a strange one. Uh, what the hell were their names? Oh, I can't even remember their real names. All I remember is that show of theirs that they did that I love. Ah, uh, the UK people are going to be screaming at me. Randall oh, and Hopkirk no. deceased. I can't remember their names. Um, damn. Anyways, it was a comedy uh, duo there. Their name will come to me after we're done recording, I'm sure. They had a, kind of a weird pop celebrity panel game, but it would go off the rails almost immediately because it, they would just do surreal stuff. And, mm. you know, like it's. It comes off as childish but absurd at the same time. Like, yeah. Actually, the funny part is that off that show, do you watch Doctor Who? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The most recent Doctor Who, the new sidekick he's got. The, um, oh, the bald, the shaved head guy? That well, it's guy? not shaved. He's, it's, he's he actually, bald. He's, okay. he's, got, he's got whatever that condition is. I can't remember his name. I'm terrible with names tonight. What the hell? I know his partner is David Williams, but I can't remember what the heck yeah, his name is. Yeah, from Little he was Britain. in the Christmas special. And yeah, okay. Yeah, and all he, right. he went on to Little Britain and all that sort of thing. He sure. he got his start as this character. He would dress up as a, as a bobby with a child-sized plastic bobby hat, which, of course, you can imagine that on his okay. head. Okay. And then a little plastic uh, police tricycle and, like I've seen, bike out like that. And that... <laughs> Weird, goofy, surreal, and I guess just depending on how you interpret it or subjectiveness, it comes off as a little immature. Ah, Anyways, Keith okay. Lemon kind of has that, like, there's a touch of the toilet going on in there, if that makes any sense. So, <laughs> okay, all right. So this this could be uh, a spoof of the. Uh, I don't know the lowbrow. Like, I don't know. It's I I got the impression that they were going to be doing some authentic recreations here of the scenes, which of I've, scenes. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't ring true to, the, to the, that type of humor then. but No, but the press release also says scenes uh, from movies they love. Yeah. So that gives me some hope because the best spoofs are the spoofs that start in a, you know, like a respectful place. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, like uh, the, the the Edgar Wrights, the uh, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and try, yeah. trying to make a respectful movie of the genre, but kind of spoofing spoofs it. Spoofs yeah. that are just trying to mock okay. or whatever are yeah. never never anywhere is good so i hold out hopes i know robbie williams is a bit of a ufo supernatural guy um so it would not surprise me if he loves this movie to death <laughs> it's he's a he's a dan fan yeah yeah uh, so i really don't know okay. where this is gonna go but i'm intrigued yeah we'll see i mean the show good news is we don't have to wait too long because it's due in april so uh we'll be able to see whatever this is that they have uh, cooking pretty pretty soon there, here so there is one question though that we we have to get to the bottom of yes is the press photo they put out for it. They're wearing jumpsuits. Uh, they're wearing name patches with no names on them. And they are wearing prop replicas. Yeah, they're so wearing I the need ad- to actual packs. Yeah. Yes, I need to know, were they borrowed from <laughs> or people in the they UK? Or did they authentically replicate packs? <clears throat> or were, yeah, we did yeah. the props department nerds, uh, you know, hit the web and oh make their own. They're good. They're, like, I can see they're wearing, Al, uh, you know, Alice uh, pack frames, the A-frames with the the aluminum <coughs> motherboards and, oh, pardon me, aluminum motherboards. And, you know, it all looks, so that's my question. All right. Is it really good looking slapdash uh, on the part of the props department? 
based on fan plans or did they borrow them from UK fans? Yeah, did some of the UK guys chip in? So if, if you're out we there and you know, let us know or otherwise, well, well, let's try to get these guys on the show. Let's see if, I mean, I'm being presumptuous. Maybe we can get them on the show. I, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, yeah. All right. April, if, if you, uh, if, if you know the ITV series, if you know these guys, April's your time. Otherwise we'll be familiar with them after that point. That's cool. Um, all right. Before we get to the last news item, um, Mr. Hudson Hayward, uh, I tip my hat to you, uh, would like to immediately correct me. Uh, Ghostbusters is 2.4.0. So the actual aspect ratio that is even on the 4K Blu-ray disc that just came out is 2.4.0. That's the 70 millimeter uh, uh, aspect ratio. So, uh-huh. so to go back to our Portland fans, you can see a print of the film as it was originally intended. That's, that's the actual intention of uh, Ivan Reitman for you to see. So... Uh, check that out. Two four zero. Write in with corrections, please. Uh, it, I like getting email, even if it does correct me on stuff. So yeah, seventy millimeter Ghostbusters is at two four zero to one. Uh, all right, last news item because we're hitting our hour here. Um, I don't know how to put this. There were uh, okay. Let's let's set the scene here a little bit. There were some citizens in the small town of uh, Onaway, Alberta, um, who woke up in the morning. They were drawing a bath for themselves and their kids. Uh, you know, they were just, you know, playful. It was just an ordinary average day. Nothing out of out of the, the norm for them. Uh, uh-huh. Until all of a sudden, out of the tap of their uh, beautiful porcelain bathtub, this pink ooze started emitting where the water should have been coming out of. And... <laughs> Uh, of course, you know, authorities uh, assured residents, don't worry, the water is fine. You can totally drink the water. Um, but if the water looks like this pink sludge that belongs okay. under the streets of New York City, I don't think you want to drink it. I hate this story. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to stop you, fake news. Fake news. It's not sludge or slime or anything like that it's pink water it's pink water all right so pink water so i'm gonna make you pronounce what this stuff is then oh god i don't have it in front of me all right find it i'll find it dare me to pronounce it will you i double dare you so i'll i'll set it up for you yes fake news uh apparently what happened was (laughs) that the city was flushing their water supply it's part of the ordinary average cleaning process Somebody left a valve open that they weren't supposed to leave open, uh, which introduced this thing that Chris is going to pronounce for you into <laughs> the water system, which Alberta, turned it pink. Pink water. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm literally Googling it. It's coming. It's At coming. Uh, on away, Alberta is the town, uh, which I've never been to, actually. <laughs> Here's the thing. While Chris is looking that up, guys, uh, I am fairly certain there is there is somebody who is vaguely Carpathian who has recently come into power, and I, I'm just I I mean I know that this is the government trying to cover this up, but let's let's talk real here for a second here, guys. If if this was safe to drink, would it really be pink? Would it really be coming out of the water supply? I mean, it does look very slimy in the pictures. I yeah, will it really say it does. I mean, it it looks like the shampooy stuff that comes out in Ghostbusters too. It's it's gross. It's really 60 disgusting. Sixty kilometers 
up and west. Okay, I know of Edmonton. I know where that is. It's very flat out there. Um, it's the perfect place to take over the world. Oh, there it is. Potassium permanganate. See? There it is. That's all I had to say. Yeah. Permanganate. I, see, I, I seem to recall playing around potassium permanganate in, uh, in high school chemistry. Well, and so what? It's a supplement that gets rid of bacteria, something like that. Is that? That's that's vaguely what I got from the article. Was that it was some? It's something that they introduce into the water supply. Potassium. Potassium. That's good for you. Permanganate wiki. Permanganate. Uh, it's permanent and it's magnetic. Other names: chameleon mineral. Oh. Condi's crystals. Uh, permanganate of potash. Oh, potash. Well, that doesn't sound delicious at all. Um, yeah, not great for Fisher. Ch- it's got it's got an EU classification sign that uh, has a dead fish and tree. That doesn't look good <laughs> at all. Totally safe to drink, Alberta. <laughs> Don't worry oh, we'll, about this. We'll leave out anions and cations. Inorganic chemical compound and medication. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, so it's kind of like putting uh, what is it? What is that? Uh, iodine, chrome, whatever, mercurochrome. That's it. It's kind of like that. It's medication. It is used for cleaning wounds and dermatitis. Hmm. So it's kind of okay. It runs in similar circles as uh, uh, mercurochrome, as in it. it it basically kills bacteria. Yeah, cleansing bacteria, killing. Just dr- just drink it by the glassful, and you won't have to worry about a common cold for years, uh, decades. You won't have to worry about a lot of things if you drink that by the glassful. It sounds like uh, you'll be a dead yeah, well, fish. That's right. uh, it may, may so, kill off your stomach flora, so that can't be great. But yeah, uh, you want that. But uh, uh, hey. pot perm, also obtainable at pool supply stores. So yeah, is additionally used to treat wastewater. Uh, is historically gross. was used to disinfect drinking water and can turn the water pink. Uh, guess what? Guess historically, what? nothing still being used in Ottawa, Alberta. It. <laughs> it is still being utilized in a, in a volumetric flask, and it looks all the world like pink slime. Yeah, so there you go. Not pink slime, everybody. Don't worry. Uh, I've been working for is... Con Edison all my life, and I've never <laughs> seen anything like that. If they found that there, they must have put it there. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it was just it was just I mean these are fairly complex. They're weirdly crude systems while being very complex all at the same time if that makes any sense. Like you're talking about, you know, huge reservoirs and then filtering pools and all this and they're so crude on the one level with giant sure. valves and flowways. And then at the other, they're very strict and, uh, and carefully overseen as to what goes where and what valve turns on when and all that. And in this case, yeah, some of it backwashed. Mm, somebody messed up. Somebody Not screwed great. up. But uh, don't don't worry, guys. No Carpathians are trying to come back into power that we're aware of at the moment. <laughs> the, the best uh, part is that they came out and told people, uh, it's harmless. You're <laughs> fine. To which everybody went, great. Maybe you should have told that to us up front instead of waiting for us to discover it. And I'm kind of like, yeah. 
Yeah. Like, how did somebody said, just don't tell them. Uh, they're going to notice the pink water. Yeah, we should gonna maybe know. say something. They're going to know. And in fact, one of the interviews that I saw, a woman was uh, asked, well, uh, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm obviously not drinking or cooking with my water at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, what what else do you mean? What am I doing? Uh, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, don't don't worry, guys. Uh, I I I would assume that the water has been restored back to normal. But if you do have pink water, uh, before you start panicking, before you start searching for the number for Ghostbusters, maybe just maybe keep potassium perma permagranate permagranate perma permaganate pernab permaganate. <laughs> Keep that in mind, all right? That's probably what it is. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, go, stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. All right, Mr. Science. What else you got? (laughs) (laughs) Gee, Mr. Wizard, neat. (laughs) Every time I rub a balloon up against my head, it makes these little, like, shocky things. That's just because you're dumb, Timmy. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, yeah, lots lots of news. Uh, you and I are actually going to be seeing each other in person here in a couple of days, so that's really exciting. Yeah, we've got some we're fun stuff in store. We're probably shaking hands right now. As yeah, as you are listening to this, we are uh, probably uh, either shaking hands, doing something cool, or taking a nap because we're exhausted from what what just occurred. But <laughs> that's right. Uh, but yeah, fun fun things in store here on the Cross Rip uh, because of that. Uh, but until then, you've got you've got final thoughts here that you can leave off on for the future. For things, we're going to be talking again in what was it, 72 hours. That's a lot of hours. Anyway, we're going to be talking in about four days' time here. But your final thoughts for us in the future. What do you got? Oh, what do I got? Well, let me tell you what I... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm very close to finishing the secret uh, studio. Let me put it that way. Oh, you're getting close. I am very, very close. Uh, so I haven't really had too many thoughts, to be honest, just because I'm That's so focused right. trying to get this yeah, all focus. done. You're working out. You're getting. You're getting fit. You're getting physically fit. Everything getting, is coming yeah, together. Trying to get fit. Trying to get. Uh, trying to get this place finished, and it's almost there. I think if I have a final thought, it's that I'm kind of getting a little excited about being able to game down here oh going back to the uh get the headset on columbia a couple of them expressed interest in you know pulling out the board games and some of them even said they might be kind of interested in doing like doing some of the role-playing game yeah 
kind of like the as as things clear out like that's the big thing most everything's up on the wall i had decided to add three small shelves i'll probably have them done tonight then it's just about clearing stuff out and putting stuff up on the shelves and once that's done i can actually have people over to hang out like and i hit the 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 wall breaker which was the the, the stumbling block was it'd be down here there'd be a big mess of stuff and unpacked boxes and not quite enough room to work so i'd have to kind of move things around to to make space to work and it's just driving me bonkers and then i dropped 35 bucks on a roku uh thingamabob and uh, slapped it on the old uh, tv and yeah so now i can actually work and it runs netflix and nice shutter and uh you know the old youtube there watching uh uh, you know, horror documentaries and stuff like that. So yeah, you're ready to go, I man. I, I don't have a final thought. Like, there's nothing profound other than yeah. I'm like, I find myself digging through the Ghostbusters Reg- Resurrection guys. Uh, they have all their updated rules and all that. Right. Yeah. Get ready. Um, you can, totally, uh, you can hold your own form. games. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sitting there going, I'm tempted to get these printed up into a physical. <laughs> do it like you know what i mean like i'm kind of and because one of the things that i recently unpacked is uh uh, i found all my the the role-playing games both the unopened boxes yeah which you talked about yeah a few weeks ago that's cool oh i found all the companions nice i actually have a lot of doubles so i may have to hit ebay with those but i have two racks filled with all the uh, first and second edition of the game uh, the companions to go with them. So, yeah, I'm sitting here going, I really kind of want to... Like, I went to a uh, sale, I think we talked about the previous episode or the one before, I went to a sale and I purchased, because it was the sale, I think it was like 40% off or something, I got myself one of those big uh, the gaming maps, uh, the vinyl ones that you can yeah. dry erase on. Yeah. So you can actually draw out your your play area on the map and all that like so i I find myself doing that those little things in the background i'm like i'm gonna do this because it's gonna be awesome when we play the game and then the conscious mind comes in and goes when are you planning on playing this game (laughs) like mr loads of time you should you should tell i mean that's the whole reason to have the secret studio that's the whole reason of having the basement yeah yeah, so you gotta do it you gotta do it man uh well yeah i you should christen christen that room play a couple uh cryptozoic games but yeah do the role-playing game and that's right we'll uh we'll we'll do our best to do a sister podcast or something of the the resurrection guys and (laughs) play play through some of those scenarios but yeah that's cool man i yeah i'm looking forward to looking forward to seeing that thing in full motion Um, Uh, in retrospect i should have saved my who's the strongest of the ghostbusters for the final for your final thought that's okay. That's all right. Eh. Well, why don't let me let me help you? I got a plug here because uh, we've talked about this as a um, a companion piece to Ghostbusters because of the Boss Films connection, because of the the tonal uh, similarities. But Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. um, I before we started recording, uh, just was diving into this Boom Studios book that. Uh, Tara Bennett and Paul Terry, um, no strangers to fans out there of, of these types of books. They've done like The Lost Companion and The Fringe Companion and uh, just a lot of really awesome books. But they did a um, official making of Big Trouble in Little China. And it's got uh, it's got a forward by John Carpenter and afterward by Kurt Russell and a lot of photos and drawings and stuff from Richard Edlund, who is no stranger to us Ghostbusters fans. So... Um, this this is something that I got I got in the mail about a week ago, 
and it just sat because of a lot of different things that are happening at the moment and i cracked it open uh this this evening and holy crap it's awesome guys so uh if you're a fan of of the boss films guys if you're a fan of richard edland and visual effects and creature shop and all that kind of like the, the the nuts and bolts of all the things that we really kind of love from the 80s of ghostbusters you owe it to yourself to go pick up this book so check check that out uh there you I go i like to that pretend my... that all of the 80s horror slash sci-fi comedies all exist in the same universe well, I mean, they they all link back to the uh, the ladder twenty three here in Los Angeles. Big trouble, big trouble in Little China. And That's true. There's a direct, there's a direct one there. That's well, the portal. You can, I mean, if you want to start tracing it that way, so Big Trouble in Little China was supposed to be the sequel to Golden to, Child. No, no, to Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai. That's right. That's and right. And it got reworked. So I mean, there's you're not too far off there. To you know what I mean? Like I like the idea that. And actually, they're spaced out nicely because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but Buckaroo Banzai is kind of an L.A. film. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. they finish in the in the the river, like the the L.A. River? Yeah. The L.A. River doing their walkthrough. Um, uh, that and then so Big Trouble in Little China is San Francisco, uh, and then Ghostbusters in New York. Where would Real Genius be? That's in somewhere's in what? Mm. Somewhere in between Caltech sure. area. Uh, yeah, I was well, I was almost going to say Chicago because it felt like. But you're right, that oh. was like a Silicon Valley. Yeah, they shot. They shot. It looks. Sorry, I'm. Uh, it ha- it gives off that shot in California feel. Um, <laughs> what else would fit though? Anyways, it's, it doesn't matter. I yeah. I got to get this book because yeah, it's on the short list of movies from the '80s that I really want to know a lot about. Yeah, and so, it's it's. Uh, I'm jealous it's of you. Very good. I mean, and the bummers I only had sleep a chance with to one scan. eye open. I know. <laughs> that wasn't a threat. What? <laughs> You're safe. It's not like I'm flying down to your your city anytime soon. <laughs> Am I? He's behind me, isn't he? For all people know, you could be dead by now. Oh, Creepy, no. huh? Listen to uh, the. Oh God! Don't die, because now that'd be I horrible. I regret nothing. <laughs> And I bequeath all of my collection to the Yes Have Some podcast, for they are the only people I know who Mother have the room for everything that I own. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, we're back to talking about immortality, so I think that's time to wrap it up. But to uh, punch out and go to sleep. Punch yes. out and go to sleep. Until next week, guys. With uh, one eye open. Fun, fun things coming up. We do. Oh God, Ghostbusters 101 just around the corner. We're going to be talking about that. Please, please, right. please go. Make sure you go pick that up. Uh, that's actually happening this Wednesday, I think, as you listen to this. Again, dates, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. I can't remember. I think it's this Wednesday or next Wednesday. But go pick up Ghostbusters 101. Pick up Big Trouble in Little China. Go to Chris's basement and play role-playing games. It's all going to be fun. Until next week, we'll see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, this could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird.